Welcome, welcome, welcome to you. Welcome to the Staying Power Show, a podcast all about resilience. What it is, what it isn't. How do we know if we have it? What do we do if we realize we don't have it or we don't have as much of it as we would like? Whatever the case, in the end, resiliency is a choice. Joining me once again to share our ideas, experience in helping each other's from each other, I should say, from around the world develop their own resilience is my friend, my colleague, my co-host, Tawny Santabria. Tawny, so good to see you as always. How are you? Great to see you too. I am doing pretty well. Good. Glad to hear yeah. that. Glad to it's hear warming that. Warming up, warming up. And so I'm feeling pretty good. I know. My, um, my cold plunge isn't as cold as it was a couple weeks ago. So oh that's really yeah. Cool. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. I was wondering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's warming good. Warming up a little bit. Yeah. And I'm noticing that there's more light too right? And mm-hmm. during the day, which is a big deal up here in the Northwest. <laughs> so yes. yeah, it's kind of nice. So uh, wherever you are, however you are, thanks for joining us today. So Tawny, a uh, show about resilience. One of the great things about a show like this is we can talk about so many things and we already have. So did you have something you wanted to talk about today? Yes. Well, we are going to talk a little bit about a uh, a, a little known, um, but very, very, very important um, thing that we all should know about. Um, we know we know a lot about post-traumatic stress disorder. We can mm-hmm. agree on that. We hear that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And but we don't know a whole lot about post-traumatic growth. And so I want to talk about that today. Okay, that sounds yeah. great. Yeah. So what the heck is that, right? <laughs> I'm wait. I'm waiting. <laughs> I, I think I know, but let's. Uh, yeah, how would you how would you define that? Well, uh, so there's no question that when we experience hard things and traumatic things, we have opportunities to get be, to be stronger afterwards or to see the world differently, mm-hmm. right? Um, and a lot of that can bring a lot of meaning into our lives. And, and so the thing is, oftentimes when we have a, a traumatic experience and we um, are looking to heal from that traumatic experience, we hear uh, a lot that we're healing from post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. We don't hear that we are maneuvering through post-traumatic growth. Yes, that's true. We don't, we don't talk about it that way at all. That's true. And so um, I was talking to somebody not too long ago, and they had never even actually heard of post-traumatic growth. She's like, well, what the heck? How can I get more information? Mm. So so this sort of started to become studied or kind of looked at in the 1990s. So it you know hasn't been around for a super long time, but long enough that it would be good for all of us to know more about it. Um, but essentially, it is um, kind of takes takes us even further past resiliency um, to a place of really being able to grow from a traumatic experience, create more meaning, perhaps even um, experience some different spiritual sort of experiences or beliefs from there. Um, closer relationships end up occurring. A sense of, of of being able to really go through something hard, so like personal strength mm-hmm. can come from this. Um, and just an, an overall deeper appreciation for our lives. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't it be amazing if when we were talking about trauma, we were also talking about these pieces too, rather than where we usually go around 
you know, the triggers and the things we can no longer do mm-hmm. and the things that would not be good for us because of, mm-hmm. and, and that's where we tend to spend a whole lot more energy. That's what yeah. we're conditioned to believe yeah. that that's where we are going to struggle and, and uh, you know, and, and have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And we're giving very little focus on the growth aspects that we are, um, that we have an opportunity for. I think some of the research should suggest that about half to two thirds of folks who experience trauma experience part of, or all of these aspects of uh, growth. Half. Half to two thirds. Half and we to don't two talk thirds and we don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see that that's such an uh, that's such an encouraging thing to hear. First of all, the percentages, at the same time, discouraging that we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I I can speak on this from some experience, as you know, Tony, and I'm I'm willing to share it here because one of the first things that you and I ever talked about back in the day was I w- I was diagnosed with PTSD. You know, the the situation isn't really all that important, but I was diagnosed with that. And the idea that, and for a long time, it felt like on one hand, okay, there's a legitimacy to this. There was trauma. It had an effect on me. There was something about that that felt good to at least be acknowledged. But then when you and I started talking well after that, this realization that there was growth from this rather than limit was something that was not in my framework with that. I had those things. There are certain things are going to just do this automatically. I can't really grow through this, right? Or I can't, you know, this can't, this is always going to be something that is always hovering in some sort of significant amount to affect my day in day out life. And I just need to come to terms with it. The very idea of post-traumatic growth being the focus wasn't even on my radar. And because ever since then it has been, my own experience, of course, I don't spend a lot of time anymore thinking about a PTSD diagnosis. I just don't, you know, and this is not to get into, you know, whether we should or should not on those things or whether, you know, what are the, what are the positives and negatives of labeling something? But the fact is, what do we expect trauma to do, right? (laughs) What do we expect our responses to be to trauma? Aren't they, doesn't it make sense that what we talk about as post-traumatic stress disorder is actually quite an ordered response? And then it becomes something instead, if that is the case, because it's not unreasonable, the responses that we talk about, no matter what we're talking about. But why don't we talk about that growth piece? Because the growth piece is what gave me the hope that, oh my gosh, I can still live a really good life. I can still grow. I can still pursue the things that I want to pursue. This is not a limitation inherently. It doesn't have to be. Can you tell I feel strongly about this? <laughs> well, it, it, there's there's a big energetic difference between being empowered in your life and being disempowered. Yeah. I mean, it's we feel it. We see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why not support all of us to have you know, more empowerment or, or more resiliency or more growth or more meaning or more satisfaction in, in ways that add quality to our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's either, it seems so often it's spoken or unspoken 
that to have one of these things, to have gone through a trauma, is inevitably going to limit one's life from that point on. You know, it's that it's just this ever-present thing. Like, like it would be if, if you literally lost a piece of yourself, even if you got a mechanical arm or, you know, a prosthetic leg or something like that, you would still know your leg was gone or your arm was gone. Um, and yet that same example is a classic, a classic indicator of exactly what we're talking about. You can get a prosthetic leg or an arm and continue to live to function, learn to adapt. And there might be adaptation, right? Certainly there is and growth. But um, it's interesting that we've only been talking about this since the 90s. Is that as far back as PTSD goes too? Or does PTSD goes back a long way, right? Because I remember militarily World War One, World War II, <coughs> shell shock yeah. was what it was often caused. So that goes back longer. So we're talking about a many decades gap before we start talking about the growth and the potential of what can come out of trauma. Yeah. And, and my thoughts are that this came about when um, positive psychology was mm -hmm. sort of being talked about also a strengths based sort of perspective. Okay. Um, and so, you know, prior to we, we had a lot of focus on what was wrong. Um, and, and, you know, we're not here to kind of go through that. Um, evolution of psychology uh, mm -hmm. profession and, and studies and things like that. Um, but certainly um, there was a lot of focus on, you know, things that were a, a deficit, mm -hmm. things that were problematic. Mm -hmm. And, and so then, and then end of story. Mm -hmm. And so then what, <laughs> right. what happens next? What's the next chapter? Mm -hmm. Right. And so then here we are, here we get into more of a, okay, how do we, you know, work with the strengths, work with character strengths, work with values, work with growth, work with meaning, mm -hmm. work with appreciation, you know, those kinds of things. And so those started to, to hit the scene and, and started to be looked at because we are, you know, we're living a long time. Yeah. And there's got to be ways where, you know, there's a lot of hard things that happen in, in our lifetime. And um, there's got to be ways where we can still have some sense of, of an ability to, to grow through mm -hmm. instead of being just stuck yeah. at a particular place yeah. in our development. Um, but, but certainly, you know, all of that influences, we've talked a lot about childhood experiences um, here on, on staying power, but also on, on breaking up with RBS and, and how influential those are yeah. to our adult uh, actions and behaviors and practices and processes. And certainly, so if we're looking at some trauma in childhood without there being a strengths-based perspective or a, a focus on, on growth, um, that's going to be more influential in, in adulthood, mm -hmm. which could, you know, kind of set the stage into, you know, sort of some difficulties, some larger difficulties. I think anytime that we are, are sent uh, in, in the direction of um, substances and things like this, yeah. um, since th that we're going to be on a trajectory, then that's going to make this um, growth aspect a little bit more tricky and difficult to access. Um, and so that we do know that sometimes that occurs 
as a as a response or reaction mm-hmm. to tra- traumatic experiences too, and that's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, so it's complicated. Oh yeah, very complicated. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, I can relate to that. I mean, that was part of the reason why I was. You talk about some of these things not happening till later in life. That was exactly for me. My response to those things was to numb myself <laughs> in whatever ways that I could, you know, and I consider myself really fortunate in that all of this came together uh, in such a way that I've been able to move past that as well. You know, and I think there's, you know, I, I, as I'm thinking, you're talking about this, the fact that we had all these decades of talking about that type of trauma and, and what that does, whether we're talking about in the context of wars, which is what we often think about, or we're talking about in the context of daily life or loss or whatever the case may be. In some ways, you know, the, the fact that it took decades, it's like there was this coming to, or kind of trying to come to terms with what this all meant, right? As the world itself in the 20th century in particular changed so fundamentally in how people live their lives, what things were important, what things were even options, the role of technology, the role of mass media, as all of that grew, in some ways it makes sense that it would kind of take a while for all of a sudden for these types of things to then start thinking about it. And yet, you know, the, this idea that seems to me, this idea that we can grow from difficulty, trauma, goes back a long ways in, in the human experience. I mean, the great pieces of literature from practically anywhere in the world have things like this where the person who is, if it's a hero's tale, they go through something terrible, usually a loss, and then they get reluctantly thrown into something that they don't necessarily want to do, and it challenges them along the way, and then what happens? In the end of the second act, they reach the nadir, right? The worst possible point, and then the third act is about moving through that. I mean, pick any story practically. You can Mm -hmm. do this, and there's so many coming to mind that that it's certainly something that is part of our experience and part of our experiential, I guess you could call it our historical DNA as people. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's ironic that on one hand, it seems like it makes sense. It might take a little while to get to this as we're adjusting to the, the traumas of the, of modernity for lack of a better word, but then also, yeah, but we've been doing this. <laughs> we've been doing post-traumatic growth for a really long time as a, as yeah. a species. Yeah, we just haven't studied it and we haven't called it that, but yeah. we've been, I mean, that's why we're here. Right. We've we've lived in really difficult and extreme situations. Mm-hmm. Um and and so yeah, that's our natural sort of way that the body works. Yeah. Um and so why wouldn't we we be talking about it mm-hmm. as a normal this is what we do kind of human experience. Mhm. Yeah. Um, you know, my, the there's no money in it. <laughs> That's what comes to mind first for me. Okay. Um. So not you know, yet. there's that part. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Well, there is there there there's really not. Yeah. Um. There's more money to be made if people stay sick, than if. This is true. Yeah. This is true. So so we are dealing with that piece. Yeah, and it's and you know, and I think it's important to say. You know, it's because in my own experience, and I'm sure listeners can tell, you know, that my energy is really high about this because I was self-limiting myself for a very long time, very long time. And I got that messaging from the same places everybody else gets it, 
right? And I consider myself a pretty smart guy. I consider myself a pretty kind person, a compassionate person. But boy, I wasn't showing any of that to myself in all of this. And it, it's, you're right. It's, it's something that this is something, even though it's something humans know how to do, and we actually champion it, right? The, the overcoming odds, overcoming the elements, overcoming injuries, how many things that draw people's attention. We're drawn to that like we're drawn to few other things until it's about ourselves. <laughs> that suddenly we're willing to, at least I was, willing to completely view it as something different. I, there was just a complete disconnect for me that that meant also I could do it. And for me, it's because I didn't understand like I do better now, what resiliency is and what my capacities are of my own body in an integrated state, my mind, my body, spirit, all those things together. And that's really the ingredients that we're talking about that put this whole resiliency thing into motion and continue to grow it. Mm-hmm. Well, the hero story has always been for someone else. Oh, that's a great point. I, I mean, we don't hear <laughs> about our own ability to be that, mm. Mm. Um, to have those experiences, although that's a natural inclination for right. us as humans. Right, that's true. To, to want to experience that. We're driven, we've been driven to experience that. Mm. I, I worry that that's kind of being sort of uh, uh, less, uh, less known, uh, just even in an idea. Oh yeah. 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 Um, but, but yeah, we, the, the conditioning that we get is that the hero story is really for somebody else to save someone or to save a, save a planet or save a, uh, save right. Like something like big, something, big. somebody way more resourced than ourselves, something big. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think there's some truth to that. And then if there is a growth in that person, it's secondary to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's elusive. Yeah. For most of us. And mm-hmm. and although although that experience is sort of innately there in our sort of makeup, mm-hmm. um, but then when we're not experiencing it, then... How do we integrate that? And what do we start to say about ourselves? And what do we start to, you know, what sort of practices and patterns Mm -hmm. do we start to to see ourselves um, follow through with, right? It's it's not the hero story, typically. Right, right. Yeah, because that's really true. This is a really great point. I'm glad you said it because... It is an inside job, right? And you're doing it out of limelight. And it's not, you know, there's not, there's not a bunch of people reading your story or watching your story. <laughs> you know, it's not a movie. You know, it's not a TV show. It is, it is internal. And whether people notice it or not is not really the point. Um, that's interesting. So with, the, with this shift over to post-traumatic growth, what gets put out there? I mean, what was being put out there? as a way to do this instead that is to it was it is it different techniques the type of things we talk about getting into the body is it just a reframing of the concept like when we're talking about if we're not going to do that what are we doing instead 
Okay, so let's get clear that it's been studied a whole lot less mm -hmm. than treatments for post-traumatic stress disorder. Right, okay, yep. Okay. Um, so it's a concept, but certainly um, mindfulness practices, certainly being able to calm one's body with with breath, with movement, um, certainly being able to um, retell the story with an engaged listener or listeners mm -hmm. or sort of essentially like a witness. Mm. You could even say um, somebody who's willing to kind of like experience the experience with. Yeah. So that retelling is is an important part of it too. Um, and then creating and making meaning out of it in ways that can be helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and and certainly there needs, you know, folks who tend to have. Uh, better experiences with this tend to be more open in general first, and then tend to be able to um, have some familiarity and comfort with um, other people. Right. Be because this isn't something you're going to do all by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. This isn't a magic pill or a magic um, practice. Mm -hmm. This is a being able to really join in with others, yeah. deepen those relationships, mm -hmm. being able to retell and be witnessed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. I like how you put all that. Um, and I think that's important. It's, it's interesting because it would seem to me that I'm not the, I'm certainly not the only one I've read of plenty of people who've done this type of work, you know, diagnosed with PTSD and others. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's a wonderful way through right, in in that but you're right it does take i don't even know if heavy lifting is the right way to put it it it, it is it is a, it isn't just a solo thing right? it's not something we can conjure up in our heads it takes there's a method there's a series of methodologies to it and a series of of ways right i don't i don't necessarily want to make it sound prescribed but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it, it, it's a way, you know, it's just a, a way of being in your life. It's not something you can think your way into, as we right. say about all the different emotional sort of states, we're not going to think our way in or think our way out of any of that. We, um, the thinking space is to process data, not to fix emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing about fixing emotions. I, and I, we've hit on that so many times and I know we're going to probably hit on it more, right? To fix something implies that something's broken. <laughs> you know, when the emotions are the emotions. Right. But I guess in, in terms of PTSD, right? Because oh, gotcha. the, the emotional, um, it's not even just emotion. It's that nervous system sort of mm -hmm. um, um, being, being um, tr triggered and, and dysregulated, right? So we can't think our way into re-regulating our nervous system yeah. we can experience our way into it yeah so so that's the part of continuing to be able to you know just like do things in your life that are important and meaningful mm. as a routine are an experiential and embodied practice yeah 
that is super important. If we're going to try to continue to just, if we're going to just be thinking our way through, okay, let me think of this. Let me think of this. We're not going to get very far. Yeah. It doesn't work to move us into a, a growth state. Yeah. I mean, we can't think first and then act. Yeah. I mean, it, it just doesn't, doesn't work that way or at least overthink it through permanent or. Well, you're not, you're, you're not going to change your embodied experience by thinking. Right. Right. Yeah. That won't work. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's, it's so good, you know, and there's, and there's, I know there's a lot of, a lot more resources now on this mm -hmm. than before. Uh, and it's a lot of what we talk about, of course, on this show has to do with this type of thing. I mean, you know, these are the thing about resilience is it is growth, right? And it's growth and it's in that embodied growth. So it, it, that, that integrated growth, mm -hmm. oh, interesting name, right? Integrated growth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you that are new to the show that's the name of tawny's business is integrated growth <laughs> so yeah. check it out at integratedgrowthcoach.com mm -hmm. good stuff yeah, there. method to my madness there is a method to my madness even though it doesn't maybe always show up right i know away. but your but the method to that was i actually said it so that was pretty good on your part you didn't even have to drop it somehow mm -hmm. i dropped it for you that was great um mm -hmm. thank you right so uh coming down here to the end tawny is there um any mm -hmm. sort of final thought you have on this that you want to want to put out into the airspace here i i don't know i don't know if i have a uh you know thing just a final thought around any of it except that you know there's there's more to the story there's there's more to yeah. the story yeah and and there's always more to the story and i think that that's really important mm -hmm. um to be open to absolutely absolutely i would mm -hmm. i would second that and i've experienced that myself and other people who, and other people have experienced this too. And so if oh, yeah. I can experience oh, yeah. that, other people can, so can any of you who are listening to this, if this is something that you're interested in. And of course, if you are, we have a lot more episodes of this, uh, of staying power, as well as breaking up with RBS. And there is more to come. We're going to be excited to talk about that in the next few weeks with all of you. That will be, if you're interested more in this, there is more to come that could be of interest for you. We'll just leave it at that for now. Thank you so much. Tawny for bringing this one in. This one was really good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. Th fun. And thank you for listening to this episode of Staying Power. Remember, if you missed any of this episode or any of the other episodes, you can get Staying Power as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for subscribing, for renewing, for sharing with your friends, your family, your social networks, anybody you think would be interested in developing more of this resilience that we talk about and all the things that come with that. And remember, if you subscribe during the week, you get a short little mini podcast called The Four, four tips on something that you can try out in the day in, day out of your life and see what positive things it brings to you. So check that out when you subscribe. And we will be back next week with another episode, something else to talk about with resiliency. Until then, I am JDK Winnegan. And I'm Tawny Santabria. Really happy to have you along. See you next week. Mm -hmm.